Welcome to Art of Retreat 2019, the parkour leadership and education retreat. We're in the Cascade Mountains outside of Seattle, Washington. I'm Craig Constantine from Movers Mindset, and I'm here with Brandy Laird. Howdy. Brandy Laird is an experienced parkour coach and athlete, as well as a co-founder of Parkour Visions in Seattle. She is well-known internationally as a coach, particularly for her thoughtful and energetic approach to teaching. Brandy is always seeking to learn and grow to better serve her students and create the best possible experience for them. Welcome, Brandy. Thanks, Greg. Glad to be here. Brandy, your session was titled On Self-Altruism, Parkour, and Being Useful. And the first thing I'm asking everybody is, can you unpack it so that we can get a feel for what the session was about, what people missed? Sure, Craig. Well, the title itself is a little bit misleading um, because with this session, what we had done was basically put the inquiry toward the group there. It's a basically a group conversation. And that conversation uh, was built around what altruism looks like right now in the parkour community, mm-hmm. why it might be something we want to focus on more, and how we can do that. Uh, a lot of us have come up in the parkour world hearing the classic term, uh, excuse me, phrase, be strong to be useful. Mm-hmm. And as someone who has been practicing being strong, being prepared, being educated, being all kinds of things to be useful. I find that in the broader parkour community, that is just some pretty words and it's not really being um, lived. Yeah, lived. It's not being shown. Uh, So I wanted to sit down with people and really take a look at why we hold on to this phrase when we're not really pursuing it Hmm. and what it would look like to do that. So the obvious question is, do you have any insight into why we're holding on to it? Do the students agree with you? Um, how does that play out? Yeah, well, for most people, the the idea right away is, is just, I think it, it, it hits people very powerfully when they hear it because it gives them more of a purpose, even if they don't have a clear idea of how this strength is useful or what it's exactly used for. I mean, you have the everyday things, right? Being a little bit stronger makes it easier to carry groceries home and makes it easier to do stuff. Uh, I think a lot of people, when they heard that, really, it really hit something within them that is calling for purpose. Because uh, we all we all really seek purpose, don't we? Mm-hmm. Like a reason for for it all. Um, so I think that's the reason, is, is it, it instills this idea of purpose, even if it's not necessarily being being lived or being seen seen through mm-hmm. um i don't i don't really know i mean it is it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty idea have you been exploring this yourself like how do i challenge myself to take these skills that i've i'm going to say mastered take these skills that i've mastered and take them out and and do useful things with them like in your own personal life and your personal journey what does that look like when you try to do it when you try to take it out yeah absolutely well the first the first place and the most important place it comes out in my daily life is a willingness it's a willingness to make someone else's problem my problem Mm -hmm. and that to me is what altruism is it's making other people's problems my problem um and this is why I said before I wanted to expand it past be strong to be useful because that's also misleading as well. Right. Um, there's so many ways to be, be in order to be useful, right? You can even just be present to be useful or be aware to be useful. Or empathic, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's where I start with it is just being aware that I can always choose to make someone else's problem my problem um, and step in with that. So it can be something as simple as... Um, Helping, I mean, <laughs> helping someone push their car when it's when it's broken down instead of walking past, or uh, again, true stories. Helping 
old ladies carry their groceries uh, through a park when they're when the wheel on their cart has broken mm -hmm. and things like this where it's an everyday occurrence that you can just easily walk past especially in a in a city where everyone's going about their business no one's expecting you to go out of your way for anything that when you this word you said and what no one is expecting you when you, that phrase strikes me because um the couple of experiences where i've had where I, the classic ones are pushed a car out of the snow or mm -hmm. I, I once walked up and people were trying to move a giant piece of furniture and they, you know it was like a, to a couple moving in an apartment um and just like 30 seconds of effort on my part on the other end made all the difference um but in those cases it wasn't so much that like the problem got solved it was more that another human saw them and like i mean that like in the deep like we didn't just walk past each other you know six feet away different universe but just that idea of of being seen by the other person yeah i'm wondering if that's matched your experience when you've engaged with people absolutely it's an acknowledgement uh it's 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 an, a clear indicator that you have been seen that you that you are existing mm. uh you know so much of the things that we do as humans is is to to prove that we exist i exist right mm -hmm. you know i affect this i exist uh, i get the likes i exist um so i've definitely i've definitely seen that there were, there was one time uh, in in so i live in seattle and Seattle is very, uh, there's a lot of hills and, and steep streets. So I was walking toward downtown and I was a couple blocks away and I saw this person down, down the way and they kept holding their hands out, a hand out to people passing, holding their hand out and kind of waving at people. And these people were just, just walking past, mm. ignoring, ignoring, ignoring. And I said, okay, what's going on? Uh, I get past this person and she's, she's saying to everyone who's passing, please call 911, please. And I've watched at least eight people, people walk just by? walk right past. And, and here I am, I'm, I'm already late to where I need to go, this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, and can I be useful here? Do I have the capability to, to rise to this occasion? Can I make this person my problem, their problem my problem? Yes, absolutely. Probably. You know, so what do I, call anyone, hey, she's here, there's some, some stomach pain, la, 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 la. Wait 45 minutes, wave them down, go on my way. Was it inconvenient? Yes. Right. But if I had continued on like the rest of those people, I would be, I would still be feeling that today. Right. So, I mean, in a way it is also for myself to, to not have uh, tons of, of regret and guilt and, and knowing that I could have, I could have made a difference even in a very small way. Well, do you think that maybe one of them, I'm going to go on a limb here. One of the reasons that people may not take their, um, they know they'd be strong to be useful they may not take their parkour out to help people is that they might simply not be empathic enough to identify. I mean, is it possible that people could really be blind enough to actually only see the crazy facet of that scenario as opposed to seeing the human being? Because if that's the case, then that says that actually says good things about us because then all we're missing is people just need to practice being empathic and then they'll be able to then see these opportunities where the actual action you need to take is, is relatively simple. It's not quick flip this car over you know it's a, a straightforward you know do this say literally yes i see you or how can i help um so i'm just wondering if if you think what we need to do is like a, a deep philosophical thinking or is it is it possible that something as simple you're quoting simple uh, as simple as practicing empathy might be the gateway to be people then being more active well i think it's all of those things it definitely has to start in in compassion and and a set of values uh, right you can't have altruism without uh, a certain morality and believing that it is worth helping others just for the sake of that we are all here together yeah, that other is worth mm -hmm. is valuable yeah 
So as far as making a practice of empathy, I think that that is a big piece of it. I also think it's more to do even with fear than anything else. Um, there's plenty of empathetic people who can recognize those situations, but it's that's that's the skill or that's the ability that they have. And the need is there, the need of whatever that, that occasion for futility, but it's, it's the will. That's the piece that's missing, in, in, in my opinion, in most part. It's not, it's not being able to notice that's happening. It's being able to make a decision and says, I am going to put myself in this position. More so than I think even noticing it or, or getting a sense of what people are going through. One of the challenges that we've set for these spark talks, um, one of the things I'm trying to accomplish for Art of Retreat is to literally spark um, conversations, but it could also be self-reflection or it could be a direct action. So the obvious question to ask is how do we in, engage the listeners in, in the sense of like, how do we convince them that they should go do something different? And, and that could be something like thinking differently or physically doing differently. Like uh, how, how would you suggest that somebody who's intrigued by this idea, like I think there might be, I might agree with you. Um, how do we get them started on their new journey? That's a great question. <laughs> and, and that's really what that conversation was, uh, was about was, how, how do we start making action plans and taking steps toward, toward this ideal or toward reclaiming uh, the idea of, of altruism? And really, you start, with, you start with something very simple that affects us all. So a, an easy example is the idea of, of littering, trash. This is one of the places that I would say the parkour community has, has done very well with in uh, maintaining a, a focus on is the leave no trace mm -hmm. idea. That you, you pick up your your site before you you train you know you have events where you're you're cleaning up an area and we're doing it for us but we're also doing it for for everyone around right right to make to make the place nicer and so taking on i think finding seeking out your personal values like what are those things that you do care about the most is that honesty is it loyalty is it uh safety you know, whatever you can take a, a, a very immaterial idea and then you start attaching actions to that or even outcomes from that. So, you know, eh, let's try to let's try to figure one out. Let's try let's try honesty. Um, what you would do is you would first of all start in being honest with the people around you just for the practice of it. Mm -hmm. But even something as simple as saying for the person who's asking you for money instead of just walking by them and saying, sorry right that's not very honest for most people no right yeah and even something as, as as simple as saying actually i'm i'm gonna choose not to give you this today but i see you that that can just change someone's someone's whole day you know right. you know they're not getting what they asked for but in in your honesty you're you're recognizing that this is a, this is another person and this this constant like oh sorry oh, sorry 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 that's just another way to to ignore um, yeah, it's kind of a loose example, but it has to start in values. It has to start with what you care about. And then, and then looking at daily occurrences of where there's potential for that and where maybe you're, you're not staying aligned with, mm. with what you really believe. Is there anything else that jumps out at you from your session that you want to make sure that you share with people who are listening? Yes, there is. Uh, and that is the direction a lot of us are going with our parkour instruction and looking at more intentionally setting uh, leadership and, and self-development goals and challenges. 
we all know who those of us who who've been, who've been practicing parkour, even people who just start parkour, it's, it's extremely transformative. It's very easy if you're staying with it to become a much stronger, more resilient, uh, more capable version of yourself. Um, but what we're looking at now, like myself at Parkour Visions with uh, our teen team and some of the other folks who were participating in the conversation, is really looking at how do we take these people, especially youth and, and young adults, who are coming into these classes and and making sure they understand it's not just jumping. Mm. And it's not just your courage that you're working on. It's mm-hmm. you becoming a, a, a functional, um, contributing member of society and what it looks like to integrate that into a class or into a program mm-hmm. or even into a whole culture mm-hmm. uh, for, your, for your community. And it's interesting because it's been popping up around for different people. Uh, even before the conversation, I was talking to people about different leadership programs and, and tools they've been developing for, for their students and how to get, how to break people out of themselves and just, uh, just the physical ideas and into the world. So uh, it's really interesting that we're all kind of arriving to the same, the same idea. Mm. Um, Do you think that, that's, so you mentioned like it's popping up. Do you think that that's, uh, so one way to say is I could say, is that you, like because you're the one seeing it pop up and maybe that you are influencing those people to cause that effect? Or do you think there's just this perfect, and I don't mean this negatively, but like it's a perfect confluence of everybody is now, all the people you know are this stuff, like the same age cohort, or is it potentially the whole parkour and movement space is now moving on? Like, I'm just wondering if you, because you've obviously thought about this more than I have, um, where do you think that confluence is coming from, from one yeah. particular person or... Well, I would definitely say it's not what I'm seeing in the general parkour world of it. Okay. You know, you hashtag parkour on Instagram, you're not going to find anything helping anyone. Um, it's all just inspiration and and at, it, at and its selfies. best, it's inspiration. Yes. Yeah, and which is which is you know perfectly an excellent use of Instagram. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, however, I think I think it really is the maturity of uh, the various communities mm. and the the leaders specifically of those communities. Um, where we're at a point that we've we've done a lot of things as far as programming and curriculums and teaching and you know especially traveling around the world and seeing how other people are teaching and uh, I think we're just really getting to a point where we want more <laughs> we want to we want to create more and contribute more and the way to do that is to create more leaders more more minds who are going to step up and and give those ideas and and put more inquiries forth and, and create more solutions. Uh, so can one, um, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on, can one person do this? Like, can I be a single community leader um, and pull this off, like manage to create this within my community? Or is there perhaps a need for somebody else who's in the same basic place in their journey so that I can, I have somebody to work with? Like, I'm just wondering, can one person pull the community up or is it necessary for there to be a peer group, maybe in the upper part of the community, but a peer group that somehow feeds on this energy among themselves? Yes, well, I would say absolutely one person can pull up a whole community. Uh, that's how communities got started in the first place. Usually there was one person, maybe two sometimes, but often it's just that one really passionate person who just keeps going out and says, I'm gonna be at this park at noon every Wednesday. And then over five years finally has a, a community to build. That said, uh, teamwork does make the dream work. <laughs> you know, there's there's no yep. singular genius. <laughs> right. And uh, when you're when you're in a state that you can have enough minds and opinions and ideas to to let the best idea right. win, 
let the best idea be what you move toward that's really where the power comes in not my idea because i'm the leader but right, right. we're all putting forth and figuring it out so absolutely uh you you want you want camaraderie but also mentorship someone who who knows better and who has experience whether it's not in parkour community specifically or necessarily you know perhaps it's someone who right. runs a nonprofit or um is a principal of a school or just anything really uh as long as there's someone who can give you more experience and help you learn from their mistakes that way you also have that structure as well for the people you're teaching hmm. yeah so i always recommend more <laughs> yeah teamwork <laughs> it's, it's a really important thing <laughs> Randy, this is the fifth of the Art of Retreats that you've been to, which is all of them. You've Pokemon collected them all. And I'm wondering <laughs> what, I don't want to say what brings you back each time, but what is it about the event that makes you go, this is a place where I can go and affect change or that I can be heard? Um, what is it about this event? Well, it's interesting because it's not about the event well, it wasn't initially. It's about the people who are at the event. It's it's the feedback, honestly. You know, we had the first year. It was very small, and it was a lot of us who had already known each other and and kind of got together to basically to test the idea. Can we sit together in a, in rooms for two days and teach each other and come out with something? Uh, and after that first year, that was pretty much locked in. It was so invigorating mm. to be at a quote unquote parkour event and not be focused on running around, but focused on uh, training within our brains and in, right. our, in our communities and taking something back. So every time I've had an art of retreat, I've come back with more. Um, so that's, that on itself is great. More information, whether it's something I can apply directly to what I'm doing in, at Parkour Visions or whether it's something I'm gonna apply elsewhere, it's still all really valuable. Uh, I think that's the, the main thing. As far as me contributing, that's just, that's just what the soundboard says. <laughs> you know um <laughs> i think it's it's pretty i don't clear. know if i can get away uh skipping an art of retreat and and not have a, a bunch of people at my door <laughs> at your door well there's something to be said for if the hordes beat a path to your door and say that you have to do x or y then that says that you are clearly valued at doing x or y so that, i think that's a big compliment yes um, i would agree with that compliment by the way so brandy i have a question i call the miracle question which is um, a miracle happens overnight. You wake up in the morning post-miracle. You don't have to explain the miracle like how it happened or why. I want to just know, after the miracle, what does the world look like that next morning? That is such a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, it's really hard. It's so hard. Um, what does the world look like? Well, we can. one of the most obvious uh, is the idea of uh, war and and fighting over territories if we can get over that i'd be super super happy that would be a miracle yeah. we could wake up and suddenly we don't care so much about that i have this much more space than you mm. and this is my line and this is yours mm -hmm. i'm not suggesting we have a you know global community or culture necessarily because cultures are obviously really beautiful to me at least they're really beautiful uh yeah, how the diverse variety is yeah part exactly of the yeah that's what that's part of what makes it makes it so cool uh but but getting over this this reflex to to lash out at each other on such a ginormous scale mm. yeah that'd be great and uh oh and and we don't use fossil fuels anymore 
because that's silly <laughs> like let's just stop that like we wake up this miracle like oh my gosh the sun can give us infinite power so that would happen in this miracle oh 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 and the wind can also get power yeah but everyone be down with that that's the miracle is that everyone fully invests themselves in in this idea that we don't have to keep ripping the planet apart <sighs> to have new singing stuffies every Christmas. I think that there's a stereotype, I, and I would I would say this is true, so I, I'm subscribing to this stereotype, that women would be more likely to uh, act, to actually take this parkour and make it be useful. Mm. And I, I think that's because they're better at empathy, but that's neither here nor there. So if women are more likely to be useful, um, I would also say that men are more likely to be strong. And I'm, I'm wondering, is, do, is like, do you see that? Do you think that's something that is true? Or do you think that we should be tearing that down as well? Well, I think that's not true. And the reason for that is just, again, we have to go back to what we're even talking about. Strong, how? Mm. Useful, how? Mm. Because men are known for being strong because they're, they can pick things up and move them places right. and, and build things with them. And women are uh, useful because they take care of things. You know, it's the, if we're going to stereotypes. Um, yeah, I don't, see, I don't see value in perpetuating anything like that. Because at this point, what I see is more personality-based than anything. Um, how you're going to use your skills and abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, we everyone's heard that women are more nurturing, and obviously there's utility in, in nurturing because that's how the rest of us stay alive. Right, but it's also uh, it's also stereotyping. So yeah. why? I mean, there are, there are certain obvious reasons of of like biology, but beyond mm -hmm. the that like technological, that biological, that specific necessity issue. Well, I will. I will admit that in this is all anecdotal, but in my experience, instruct as a parkour instructor, I have seen. A what I call a higher sense of self-preservation in women than in men, and so a lot of times women—it's hard to even say women. Like a lot of times, I will say um, more more feminine-leaning people uh, are going to take less risk unless they have more confidence in their abilities, whereas more masculine. People or personalities are not going to wait so long, and they're going to go ahead and uh, hit get, the button. Yeah, hit the button. Risk. <laughs> boom. Let's go. Uh, so maybe that's maybe that's where that's coming from. In a way, is kind of jumping into the fray uh, on that masculine side. Anything else that springs to mind before we? Yeah. Yes. Uh, just just returning to this idea of parkour having been inspired by method naturel mm -hmm. right if we go back to the the pinpoint this is where we got these ideas from uh that method specifically lays out the idea that athletic ability should be used for courage and morality and something that we're seeing right now if we're looking at parkour is we have all the courage you have all this cool moves and all these abilities but if we look at people who are on the other spectrum, and they're just doing altruism, I'm talking first responders, mm -hmm. police, firefighter, EMT. These people are out there. This is, this is something that I brought up in, in the conversation. They're out there, and they're pouring themselves into the rest of humanity. 
and they're not getting the rest of the benefits and the the growth that we get from what we do because they don't have methods around how to care for themselves. Mm. They don't have structures around that. It doesn't it's not inherent by what they're doing out in the field coming back and 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 growing and being okay, I'm even stronger today. Whereas that's what we do. And so one of the ideas I'm looking at is is these these far spectrums of taking altruism so far without any sort of balance and then what we have where there's not so much there. So again, this is a half-baked idea, but it's one that I'm going to bake a lot more thoroughly as time goes on. And that is taking what we do and taking what works for us and how we develop with our discipline and bringing it to people who need it the most and can use it the most. Mm. People who are going into small spaces and dark spaces and crawling up and crawling down and hauling and lifting and carrying and taking taking the things that have been useful for us to maintain our ability to keep doing this practice which is not an easy practice right. uh, and and applying it to what they're doing so that they can kind of come back toward the center uh, from from that extreme these are these are just my my thoughts and kind of where I'm going with this. No, that, this I think it's, whole that's a good insight. That's a good, a good thing to shine light on. Um, if people want to get in touch with you and maybe continue that conversation, how can they find you? Where can yeah, they catch up with you? Sure. Uh, my internet handle, pretty much across the board, is Monkey Moves. M O N K E E M O V E S. Mm-hmm. No spaces, no capitals, just like that. You can find me on Instagram at Monkey Moves. Mm-hmm. Find me on Facebook slash Monkey Moves, and even on YouTube mm-hmm. with. All mm-hmm. 60 videos or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's good. I invite people to continue that conversation. To oh, absolutely. Out yeah, Great. or if they're already working with uh, first responders and having having uh, experience taking taking what we do and applying it to something just completely different, uh, I'd be interested to know how that's going. Terrific. Well, thank you very much, Brandy. It was a pleasure to get a chance to sit down and talk to you. You're so welcome, Craig. This was one of 23 interviews from the 2019 North American Art of Retreat. To hear the rest, check out Art of Retreat on castbox.fm. You can find out more about the Art of Retreat at artofretreat.com. Thank you for listening.